Hello, and welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. I'm Peter Bregman, and I believe that the best leaders don't try to do it alone. As the CEO of Bregman Partners, my mission for over 30 years and the mission of this podcast is to help successful people like you close your leadership gaps, grow as leaders, and inspire your team, inspire all the people around you to get great results. Today is John Maxwell, author of Five Levels of Leadership. He's also the author of between 40 and 60 other books on leadership, depending on how you count. He's not new to this subject, and he continues to have interesting things to say about it. I read this book, really enjoyed it, and have already used it with clients. It's a smart book and a solid concept. John, thanks so much for being with us. That's my delight, Peter. Thanks for having me. Can you give us a synopsis of the five levels of leadership? Sure. You know, in uh, about 1976, I, I came to the conclusion that everything rises and falls on leadership. And that very simple statement really changed my life. I said to myself, if everything rises and falls on leadership, which I passionately believe is true, then I want to learn how to lead so that uh, I can be successful in life. And I want to hang around leaders and see how they're successful. And, and I want to also be able to, to teach and, and write and train others how to lead. And that's a passion, uh, Peter, that began. And my goodness, what would that be now, 35 years ago? And uh, out of that passion, I, I, I realized I needed to have a tool. I needed to have some kind of process to help people understand leadership. Because if you go back into 1976, if it, people didn't come to leadership seminars. You didn't go to uh, bookstores and buy leadership books. You bought management books. And the reason why is because people that had a leadership position, Peter, they thought they were already a leader. It was kind of like, what do I need to be, have, be trained to be a leader? I, I already am one. And they looked at leadership like as a noun instead of a verb. And, and I began to understand that if I was going to really help people learn how to lead, I was going to have to have some kind of a tool. But over the next four or five years, I slowly began, level by level, to develop the five levels until, I don't know, maybe within six, seven years after that, I, I really felt confident that what I was teaching and what I was believing about the five levels really did work. Now, very simply, level number one is the position level. The key word there is rights. Every, when you get a position, a job description, you're a supervisor over five people, whatever, uh, you have certain rights as a, quote, boss. And, and people follow you on level number one because they have to. And uh, this is a good place to start. It's not a good place to stay. What's sad is, and what I have known about leadership and the leadership organizations that I have had and all my leadership teaching exposure is, what's sad, Peter, is probably over half the people stay on level one. And how is that, John? You and I both know people who are in what seems like relatively successful organizations, sometimes big ones, who are clearly stagnant at level one. Well, it is where they stay. It, it, and what's sad, here's what's sad. Nobody can stay at level one. I don't care what position they are in and continue to grow. So if I see a level one person, no matter where they are in a company, if they're really level one in their thinking of leadership, here's what I know. They're not leading on the creative side. They're not leading on the consensus side. They're not getting best ideas. They're not having breath and fresh air in their organization. They're living on yesterday. They're leading on what they know, not what they're learning. They're not leading in the future. They're not going to be creative. They're not going to have that edge that you have to have in an organization and a company to be highly successful. And I can tell you right now, they're a dinosaur. You see a lot of turnover with those kinds of leaders. People cycle through their organizations because they don't want to be led by that kind of leader. Oh, no. Nobody wants to stay under a level one leader. I mean, it, it very quickly, you hit that ceiling and you realize it's not going to get any better and it's not any fun living off of yesterday's thoughts. And so, therefore, the best people always 
if it's a level one leader, look for other places to go. They, they've got to get somewhere where the lid's a little higher. So how do level one leaders stay in these roles? Well, I think they stay in these roles because they've settled in. It's comfortable and they're recognized in the roles and, and they, hey, they have maybe in some cases a, a certain amount of power and it's easier. It's easier to be a level one leader. I mean, think about it. You don't have to learn, grow, change, develop. I mean, you just kind of say, look, I'm the boss, follow me. This is the way it works. But what it does is it puts a lid on the person's career and it puts a lid on everybody else's career. I, here's, a, here's the thing that I think is challenging about leadership. When you're good, it gets better for everyone. And when you're bad, it gets worse for everyone. And a level one leader, sadly enough, not only puts a lid on his or her life, but those that level one leaders put a lid on everybody else's life. And so it becomes a very stymied, stagnant uh, environment if it's level one. And, and so it's a good place to start. It's not a good place to stay. Now, level number two is relational. And uh, the key word there is, per, uh, the, or the, it's called the permission level. And, and, and it's based on relationships. And on, on level number two, here's the difference. People follow you because they want to. And, and that, it may be one level, level one to two, but there is a major, major distance between those levels. There's a lot of difference between a person who follows you because they have to, and so therefore they're giving you their least amount of effort, and a person who's following you because they want to, which means you're going to get more energy out of them, you're going to get more effort out of them, you're going to get more creativity out of them, you're going to get more time out of them. And you know, Peter, as well as I do, you cannot build an organization on the least amount of effort. You can't build a marriage on the least amount of effort. You can't build anything on how little do I have to give to make this thing happen? So level two is the first time that there is a potential for growth and hope within this leadership organization because now people are starting to give you the energy that you need that's going to allow you to have the success that you need to obviously to grow and develop. So that's level number two. So level one is I have the title. Level two is I have the permission and people like me and want to follow me. What's level three? Okay, and then and energy is increased. Level number three is the production level. The key word is results. And on level number three, people follow you because of what you've done for the organization. In other words, you are a producer. Things are better because you're there. You're increasing the bottom line in the organization. And by the way, Peter, this is where the leader establishes credibility. Um, because people only want to follow somebody that can do it themselves. You know, uh, we, we teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. So, so what happens at level number three is if I am producing and you're on my team, you're much more apt to follow me, not because I said something, but because people do what people see. Stanford Research says 89% of what you and I know today, we learn visually. So leadership is a very visual thing. And on level number three, you gain credibility. And on level number three, all of a sudden, people begin to see you flesh out the vision, which allows them to be drawn to the vision itself. It's a, it's a, it's a very authentic uh, level to live on, of which gives you a tremendous amount of credibility. Level four is that the, the, the key word here is reproduction. Uh, you are now understanding that people are the most appreciable asset within the organization, and you are not only doing that, but you're valuing them and understanding that the more you t train them, empower them, teach them, equip them, the more you're going to be able to reproduce yourself. You're going to be able to reproduce your time, your energy, your effort, your, your, your dollars. Uh, level four is the compounding level. On level three, when I produce, I'm adding. On level four, when I have other people producing with me and developing them, now we are compounding. And that's where the company really begins to take off and, 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 and really begins to have the success at once. Now, that's a tough level to be on. 
a lot of lot of leaders would rather have followers than other leaders. But on level four, you're now starting to develop leaders because they can turn around and develop other people and it begins to have a continuing compounding effect. A lot of leaders feel like if people like them or they're producing, then they're great leaders, which is true to some degree. But the issue that I've seen in organizations is that these leaders often have a succession problem. They've built an organization that runs smoothly, but it's still dependent on them. If something happens to the leader, the organization falls apart. And that's exactly what happened to me, Peter, in my first organization that I led. I did everything, and, and I was pretty good, to be honest with you, and, and we had some tremendous growth. But six months after I left it, it fell apart. And that became very discouraging to me. And I said, wait a minute, I have something wrong. Well, that's when I discovered level four. That is, when you develop people, you have potential for legacy. You have potential for everybody else lifting the load. Uh, now we're into uh, teamwork, which makes the dream work the whole process. And it's a great level to be on. If you and I do levels one, two, three, and four well enough, long enough, we get to level number five, the pinnacle level. And that the key word there is respect. And, and it is the top level of leadership. And, and that is I have done so well with so many in training and developing them for so long that I've become bigger than life. And here's what's interesting. The organization or the company gives you level one, Peter. You, then you work hard to do good in level one, two, three, and four, and you earn the, your stripes on those levels. What's interesting, when you get to level four and you do it well enough, long enough, there's a time when the people within the organization will put you at level five. So that they literally put you there. You don't put yourself there. What characterizes level five? Well, I think uh, success over a long period of time, uh, great relationships with your people over a long period of time, the very fact that you've reproduced yourself dozens and dozens of times, and so you have a lot of your DNA within that organization, the fact that you've been a person of integrity and a person of trust to where people know that they can invest their time and effort in you, all of that is part of helping make a level five leader. So how is level five different than level four? The difference is that there are people who have developed other people but they either haven't done uh, it long enough or they haven't done enough of them to become a level five leader. And so therefore they kind of stay at level four, which is a very good place to stay, by the way. I, I also, I think I have to have integrity in the teaching level five. A, a, a person that's gone to level five it would be more what I would call a, a gifted leader. Um, I think that there are certain gifts, you know, we, the question is, are, are leaders born? And, you know, I always kind of joke and say, you know, well, we're all born. Okay, I mean, leaders, followers, we're all born. I've never met a non-born leader. But, but, but there are people that, without any question, Peter, that are highly gifted in leadership. And they're usually the ones that they, they've done it so well with so many. There's kind of almost a, um, an aura about them that people finally say they, 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 go, they go to level five. John, can you teach level five? I don't teach it. I, it's, it's the only level I don't teach. <laughs> I, I just tell people, get to level four and do that as, with as many people as you can for as long as you can. And uh, eventually, probably, you'll get to level five. And, and I think that, I, I, think, I don't think you teach level five. I think level five is a result of the first four levels done well. What about thought leadership? When you don't have many people reporting to you, but you're still making an impact on the world through your leadership, maybe through your writing, through blogs, maybe other ways. How do these levels work in relation to thought leadership? That's a great question. The first thing I would say is I, I remember doing a conference one time, Peter, and a young man who just was getting his MBA raised his hand and says, I love your leadership principles, John. But he said, I don't have a company. I'm not leading anybody. I'm just getting my MBA degree. He says, where do, who do I start leading? Where, where do I start? And I looked at him and I said, start with yourself. Start with leading yourself. In fact, I said, think about it for a moment. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should anyone else follow you? So I think thought leadership, and when you're talking about the fact I don't have this company, I don't have this organization, I don't have this supervisor's job, how do I, what, what, what do I do? I think the first thing is you still work on yourself. And you work, and you work 
on the on the things that will help you to go up the five levels of leadership. And, and so let's just kind of play this out just just for a moment. Let's say that let's say that I am a thought leader and I have influence. I'm leading a lot of people, but I'm not leading them flesh to flesh. I'm leading maybe through writing or, or through blogging or something like that, and I'm influencing them. Can I tell you something? If, if as a thought leader, you're not relational with your people and your words, and in your in, 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 in they'll feel connected or disconnected with you. I mean, what 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 does the reader do? The reader asks the question every time they in, come to the end of the page, and that is, should I turn the page? Is this book good enough for me to turn the pages? Is there something of value there that keeps me going? Nobody's there to tell me to keep reading the book. So there has to be some relational aspect to you, even if you're not flesh on flesh, if you're influencing people of where they can connect with you. That's why I wrote the book, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. It's it's not an amount of of talking or having thoughts. Do the thoughts connect? Uh, Do do my words connect? Am I I relational? When you go to level number three, when the things that I write, the thoughts that I share, do they work? I mean, do they have the power to change a life? I mean, do I do I see some results out of my writing? Do I see some results out of my speaking? Do I see results out of my thinking? I mean, am I having people come up to me and say, look, I read this and I, I can promise you it turned me around. Or, hey, can I hear, t- share something you gave to me? that See, there, there has to be some fruit. There has to be some results in it. To keep your to keep your base growing and for your for your leadership to be uh, successful, and it, I think level four continues on. Do I do I not only help change lives, but do I see the people that are having changed lives? Are they going out and are they being a person of significance in in other people's lives also? Are they reproducing themselves? So the level the levels of leadership uh, I think can be used in a very small group. I think they can be used for thought leaders who basically don't have maybe offices and people visually flesh uh, kind of following them or, or they're not pressing flesh every day with people. I think I think the five levels of leadership are pretty much principles of growing in your leadership development from one stage to another that allows you to always increase your influence. Because Peter, the higher you go in the five levels of leadership, the more influence you have and the easier it is to lead. It's really about changing hearts and minds in the world and instigating action by others and creating leadership in other people by what you say, what you write, what you create in the world. What's next for you, John? <laughs> well, I try to be working on three books at a time, you know, closing one up, uh, writing one and creating one. And uh, I uh, I can tell you right now, I'm as excited as I am with the five levels of leadership, because I believe I do believe it's my best work on leadership. And, and I think it's a, my best work on leadership, but because it's the only book I've ever written on leadership where I had 30 years of teaching it before I wrote it. And so when I wrote this book, it was already mature. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't something I just thought of a year and a half ago, so I put it on paper and, and, and put it out. It's something that, I, I've, you know what, I've answered thousands of questions when I've lectured on the five levels of leadership. So it's been pressed by questions. It's been proven by time and experience. So the, I'm very excited about the five levels because I believe it's my best leadership stuff yet that I put out. And, and, and I kind of inwardly laugh a little bit, Peter, when you said, what's what's next? Because... I'm 64, and I, I I have I can tell you I have this fear once that I'll wake up one day and I won't have another idea that it'll it's got like it's it's all over you know it's got like I don't know there's a there's a sign in my mind that says dead end and you know I guess you just go out and play golf and kind of uh, you know uh, visit the grandchildren and hope for a few more years to live I I know I don't know how many more books I have left in me <laughs> John it's a real pleasure to connect with you I love your book The Five Levels of Leadership thank you for writing it and I look forward to further conversations with you. Uh, Peter, thanks for the interview, and I look forward to more times together with you. Take care, my friend. 
Thanks for listening. Here's what I've learned from working with some of the most successful leaders of the most successful companies. Every leader, every team, and every organization has a leadership gap. If you want to become a leader who inspires your team to get things done, then you've got to start by raising the level of your leadership abilities. You can start by taking our free leadership gap assessment at www.bregmanpartners.com forward slash quiz. Then dive deeper with a copy of my latest book, Leading with Emotional Courage. For more ways to become a truly great leader, check out our online offerings, in-person workshops and events, and my articles at www.bregmanpartners.com. Again, thanks so much for joining me today, and thanks to Claire Marshall for producing this episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.